0: Today's program was brought to you by Emmy Cheese, specialty cheese from Switzerland, made with heart and passion. For more information, visit emeusa.com.
1: I'm Moxie Rosenblum. My dad, Harry Rosenblum, hosts Feast Your Ears on Heritage Radio Network. Right now, HRN is having a summer membership drive. Becoming a member is so easy, and you'll help support shows like my dad's. You can sign up for a one-time donation or become a monthly sustaining member by visiting heritageradionetwork.org. Let's keep food radio on the airwaves this summer.
2: Hello, this is Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd on Heritage Radio Network. Uh, today, I will be interviewing author Tania Darlington, who, with her brother Andre Darlington, wrote the new, very cool book, Booze and Vinyl, A Spirited Guide to Great Music and Mixed Drinks. Welcome, Tania.
1: Hey, Diane. Thanks for having me on
2: the show. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm I'm delighted to have you back on the show. Have you been on twice?
1: This will be my second time, I'm pretty sure. We the Didn't we do De was, Bruno's? Yeah, after the De Bruno Brothers House of
2: Cheese. Right, 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 right. But we didn't do the liquor book?
1: You know, so maybe this is the third time. Yeah,
2: I think it's the third I time, think, because yeah, I, I think... I
1: think so. We did... The new cocktail hour.
2: Yes, yes, because I remember getting drunk at Reclamation trying out (laughs) your drinks. It was totally fun.
1: What's what's your drink of choice, Diane? I don't even remember.
2: Well, you know, I went back to try to do it again, and they weren't quite as accommodating. They they changed management, I guess, and they weren't into, I mean, that time they made me four drinks, but we all split them. (laughs) So, Um, I didn't get too drunk (laughs) at, you know, four in the afternoon, just like study time. Happy hour. Yeah. (laughs) So, anyway, this is an amazing project you've done.
1: Thank you so much.
2: Oh, let me, um, following up two other drink books, how did you decide on this topic?
1: Well, I'd always wanted to write a cocktail trilogy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, when my brother and I went down the road of writing together, it was because we wanted to do a a wine and cheese book. Okay. And instead our publisher was looking for a cocktail Bible. Okay. So we wrote one book Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and that led to the second and then the third. (laughs) And basically from the first book, We got excited about applying cocktails to some form of culture. So Mm -hmm. book two was movie night menus, Mm -hmm. applying craft cocktails to classic films. And then from there, we sat on the couch and looked at each other and said, what do we want to write next or what do we want to do next? We had huge wet bars. (laughs) (laughs) We said, let's listen to some music.
2: (laughs) Oh, and it just evolved. The idea just evolved.
1: It evolved. It evolved. And then we went to our publisher with several ideas, actually. Mm-hmm. And this was the one where she said, I want that book yesterday. <laughs> you know, vinyl resurgence. And so she just said, like, run home and start writing it now.
2: Okay. So who, um, at, in the beginning of the book, you thank Jeff uh, Striegel and Charmaine oh, Castle? Yeah. Did... They're friends who actually suggested
1: doing a, a book up combining cocktails and vinyl. Oh, okay, so they're, they're, okay. They're like family friends.
2: Okay, okay. Now, is this what your life is like? Do you just like sit around having parties, throwing <laughs> vinyl on the old turntable? Is is this your life? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do have a full time job, so this is sort of a part
1: time life. It's um know, a habit that turned into a, you know, a compelling problem that
2: three books. <laughs> well, it's, I'm totally jealous. It sounds like such a fun life. Let me tell the listeners, listeners who do, do not know what the book is, that it um, matches uh, very excellent albums, all, I guess, are all albums available in vinyl, or... Correct. Okay. And it it matches albums to drinks, and each album has a side A and side B uh, drink, basically.
1: Yeah.
2: So you don't get too drunk. You you don't get get too drunk listening to one album, (laughs) right?
1: Well, the nice thing is each album, you know, it's... one, one side is about the right time for one cocktail, and you uh-huh. flip it over, and you want mm-hmm. another.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, so it sounds great. So did you pick, uh, I mean, I have so many questions. Did you pick sure. the music groups and then the albums, or did you just pick your favorite albums?
1: It was a little bit of both. We started with a long list of albums. Mm-hmm. We knew we, we, that we wanted to include. We trimmed it down a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we started also with a list of drinks. Okay. And then we started kind of playing around. You know, we'd say, okay, dirty martini, what do you want to be listening to. Okay, it's a pop. Okay. <laughs> um, or, you know, you know you have to have a, a Prince album. So is there a purple drink to go with Purple Rain? Of course.
2: <laughs> so some were easy. Some were, were clear-cut. Some were very easy. We tried to choose
1: albums that would help people see the collection if they were beginning collectors. Yeah. Um, or albums that they might find in their parents' record bins. Yes. Um, but we did try to include some new material as well. So you'll mm-hmm. find Lady Gaga in the book. Mm-hmm. You'll find U2. You'll also find Miles Davis' Some
2: Kind of Blue. Right. Not much recent stuff. I mean, were you born yet in the 60s? I was not. I didn't think so. I was born
1: the year um, Carol King put out Tapestry.
2: Well, so when you're one, you don't zero when you don't know what's popular. This is true. true. (laughs) So the book starts with
1: or has albums from the 1950s basically up to early aughts.
2: Right. Right. Now, Kind of Blue is one of the oldest?
1: I would say, yeah, but it goes back further. There's, um, I think, there's
2: Hank Williams in the book. Right, right. But it's a collection, Um, so it's got a different date. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Now, what albums almost made it into the book? What were the (laughs) top five ones that you're still (laughs) crying about? Everyone asks this.
1: Oh. My brother I, and I have separate tears. Like he weeps over the fact that he didn't include Tom Petty.
2: Okay. I'm like, oh. how could we have
1: done this book without Dolly Parton?
2: Oh, okay. Okay. That's good. That's good. Now did there's he more. feel I mean, that we more?
1: We'll, we've thought, you did, know, we should do another one or one that's more like, mm-hmm. you know, how can we not have any like French pop? How come there's no search dance for it? That's what we would want.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, you do while you're looking through it. And I know almost all the records. So I feel like yeah. you must have been listening to the same records I've been listening to or your parents were.
1: Well, we did a lot of research on what's still available and uh-huh. what's actually affordable. So we didn't put any albums in that are so rare that, you know, a person wouldn't be able to buy it and get it.
2: Oh, that's smart. Cuz that means it defeats the point of the book. So you can actually find these albums.
1: That's the idea. Yes. Okay. I mean, we visited lots of record stores, urban outfitters, Barnes & Noble, all the mm-hmm. places that are carrying Mm. New vinyl.
2: Oh, that didn't even occur to me. I didn't even think that people would need to buy and actually play the the album. I, I thought they could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the whole point. I know, I know. I'm I'm sorry to admit this, but I I do have friends who use Spotify. <laughs> sure, but it's
1: just not the same.
2: No, 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 no. Now, what year did CDs take over?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I wish I knew. I don't. I remember them um
2: I think you should find in the that ninety sure. Yeah. But well I wanna know, did I have vinyl or C D of car wheels on a gravel road? Oh good question. I think I I know had, I had it on C D. Yeah. Certainly. I don't think it it was then available. I don't think records It were, might not have been. Yeah, yeah. Still it's coming really out. Issued. So um as a serious proponent of vinyl, did you ever collect CDs? Oh, sure. You know, I'm a normal person, just like <laughs> anyone else. <laughs>
1: oh. In the 90s, you know, I had big CD collections. But my brother and I grew up on vinyl. Okay. our dad's musician, and it was vinyl every night with dinner.
2: Okay. Oh, good. Did your parents... Um, Didn't your parents have to buy CDs for a while? Was was there a period of time when they did?
1: They did later, but my father never got rid of his record collection, and he loved listening to symphonies on vinyl. He had a really nice Mm -hmm. system, and, and the turntable was the center of the house.
2: Okay. So would you say family and friends influenced a lot of your musical tastes and your selections in this book?
1: I would say it really has more to do with what we heard at the roller rink and fell in love with his kids, <laughs> because our dad was really just
2: about ta- classical and jazz, oh. and maybe we heard
1: a Ray Charles. Oh, and our mom liked John Denver.
2: Oh no, but, I'm totally disappointed.
1: You know, I- if we were going to hear Madonna or things like that, we were secretly checking it out of the library.
2: Okay. Now, I <laughs> have this fantasy relationship with your parents in my head. Because <laughs> I well, felt they like that. I'm
1: going to tell you that.
2: They were not? They were not. Oh, dear.
1: Okay. They met in an orchestra, and they were very, very into
2: classical music, opera,
1: um, our dad wouldn't eat at a restaurant if there was rock music
2: playing. okay. Oh, oh. Some self education. <laughs> so my fantasy is shot. Okay. Well, now between <laughs> you and your brother, who leaned in which direction? Uh, in terms of sixties, seventies, eighties or the type well, of music?
1: I would say we have really similar musical tastes. Mhm. Um, I probably like things that are a little more campy. He probably likes jazz more. Okay. Um, we were pretty unified in these choices because, we, again, we wanted to give people a sense of how to start and build a musical library. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there were only a few things we fought over.
2: <laughs> oh, do tell.
1: <laughs> well, like Interpol wasn't my favorite album, but there's a good Interpol
2: cocktail, so okay. you know he got that one. <laughs> <laughs> Is it called Interpol? Right. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. What, what did you force on him? Let's see. What did I force on him? Um, I was
1: very adamant about Lauryn Hill.
2: Ah, good. Good. As you should have I've been. I've
1: always loved it. I mean, she, you know, she really just had that one album on her own, but mm-hmm. I just thought it was sensational. We went back and listened to so much music. Oh, and I can I... remember calling him and saying, like, this album totally stands up. I don't want to take it off the turntable.
2: Okay. Now, do you live in the same city?
1: We do now. You know, we're both from Wisconsin, mm-hmm. which is where the cheese love originates. made.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we wrote all three of our cocktail books while living in different cities. <laughs> uh, but once this one was finished, I said, you got to come out here because we've uh. done three books now, and, you
2: know, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> We're a group. We're a group. Uh,
1: So he moved out here a year ago.
2: Okay. Now, um, so would you drink separately and listen to the same album at the same time? Sometimes we like to do a lot of
1: happy hour hangouts on Google Uh Google Hangouts, which is kind of like Skype. So it would be like, all right, let's listen to you know album X tonight. Like I can remember. Odelay, by Beck. It really stumped us. So we're like, well, let's listen to it and kind of like see what we're inspired to do with, you know, our wet bars. Mm-hmm. And we tried to theme it out. Like, you're listening to this album, what kind of party do you want to be having? Mm-hmm. And I, one of us said, I can't remember who, you know, I want to have an arty pajama party. When I listen to Beck, I want to break out the watercolors.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so the mix said, okay, well then, how about a colorful cocktail? We worked our way towards Tequila
2: Negroni, ah, something a little offbeat, right? <laughs> um, now, uh, do you think these old albums that you've selected are classic? Yeah, Not old. Are, are they respected? Oh, <laughs> classic. Sorry, are they respected <laughs> by everyone? Like, do you think? Like, I don't
1: know if someone wants to arm out, wrestle me to the mat. You know, let's do it. I think. <laughs> Again, we wanted a mix, so mm-hmm. you want to hear, you know, Ella Fitzgerald one night and scoop up some Frosé, but when you're in a different mo- mood, you know, you might want to have some ACDC mm-hmm. um, or the Rolling Stones. Yeah. So, they're all acclaimed albums. Most of them have won, you know, Grammys or been mm-hmm. nominated for something.
2: Mm-hmm. So, um, so your parents did not have Wild Parties? I'm still hung up on the parents. Well,
1: they kind of did. I mean, we stayed up late as kids because our parents often played concerts at night. Uh-huh. And we did a lot of sleeping on top of coats, you know, in a guest bedroom oh, somewhere. Oh, fun. Um, we traveled a lot because uh-huh. our dad would teach at, um, like, string camps and symphonies, you know, have concerts. So they definitely did have parties and went to a lot of parties. Mm-hmm. Our, Loved to entertain And so mm-hmm. if there was a concert in town Whether they were playing or someone else Definitely, you know There was like 72 hours of mass cooking And, and prep going on
2: Okay, okay well, that's good um, And know. they
1: did host a lot of listening parties
2: mm. So it just wasn't rock It was uh, classical or jazz Yeah mm-hmm. Okay Now where The pictures are amazing Where did that old furniture come from and the speakers and (laughs) the albums and the cards? Where is that from? So we worked with the same photographer
1: who I worked with on the Bruyne Brothers House of Cheese.
2: Yeah. He
1: photographed all those beautiful cheeses. We loved working together. And Uh so he has shot uh, two of the cocktail books. Okay. And... Basically, he suggested we rent an Airbnb for about a week. Mm -hmm. He hired a great stylist who rented all these props. Turntables, uh, everything. We gave her all kinds of ideas. Uh And we would say, you know, this drink should go in such and such a glass. Mm -hmm. And here's the theme we want for this party. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it all gets staged by somebody else. Okay. You know, we're there in the room. But um, we're not taking the photos or okay. doing much in terms of styling ourselves. It's uh, a whole production. It's like making a documentary.
2: I wanted it to be your stuff.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. Some of it is. And a lot of the, uh, like the albums are ours. Yeah. And some of the, the concert paraphernalia came from the photographer and the creative director. Okay. Everyone involved in the shoot was really into vinyl.
2: <laughs> oh, good. That's good. That's a rule. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, how did you come up? The chapters are um, called Rock, Dance, Chill, and Seduce. And what then you put sort of the albums.
1: Yeah. And really, we felt like these albums went into one of those four moods. Mm-hmm. We really liked the idea of encouraging people to get into analog entertaining. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like a cheese party, right? Where, you know, you kind of forget your phone, you get into that cheese, you get deep in the conversation. Mm-hmm. I think a listening party is is similar. You know, you mm-hmm. make some beautiful drinks, mm-hmm. you drop, you know, you drop the needle, you hear the cracks and pops and hisses. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, you just get inspired to relax.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, we have to take a break now. Uh This is Tania Darlington talking to me, Diane Stemple, on Cutting the Curd. We'll be back soon.
0: Today's program was brought to you by Emmy Cheese, specialty cheese from Switzerland made with heart and passion. Since the early 1900s, EMI has been a passionate supporter of farmers, cheesemakers, and family tradition. They believe in sustainable agriculture and respect for the people, land, and animals that make their business possible. Remaining dedicated to tradition, they strive to lead the industry in innovation, ensuring they bring you only the highest quality, best-tasting cheese from Switzerland. EMI is best known for importing more than 80% of the Swiss Gruyere into the United States, But that's not to overshadow their other specialty cheeses, including Kaltbach Cave Age cheeses, Der Scharfa Max, Appenzeller, Tete de Moin, and Traditional Emmentaler. For more information, visit meusa.com. I'm HRN's Communication Director, Kat Johnson, with a preview of the next episode of Meat and 3, our weekly food news roundup. We're exploring the future of eating animals, and we're going beyond typical meat sources.
1: If you look at the length of human history, we've been eating insects a lot longer than we haven't been in the United States and Western Europe.
0: We're looking at unusual ways to purchase meat. People are like, really? Why would I want to buy that out of a machine? And we introduce you to Frank Reese, a poultry farmer whose traditional farming methods are featured in a new documentary. I'm a fourth generation farmer in Kansas, and I focus... Basically all on standard bread poultry and have my whole life.
2: He's kind of the last one standing with these rarefied breeds that are so important for if we're going to eat chicken
3: and turkey into the future. He's essential. He's a national treasure.
0: Listen to Meat and 3 this week to better understand the history and the future of meat. Available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hi. Diane Stemple back with Tania Darlington. Hello. Let's talk about the drinks. We've got to talk about some drinks. So I noticed, I recognize a lot of the drink names. They're not um, totally new for now. They're Tom Collins, Mai Tai, Tequila Sunrise from the old days. Did you do that on purpose? Yes, we did. We wanted this book to have a lot
1: of 2 and 3D ingredient cocktails.
2: Ah.
1: So it's not as complicated as our first book, The New Cocktail Hour, which is really devoted to, you know, craft cocktails. Yes. You know, a lot of which just, you know, require, you know, five different bottles.
2: Right, so and with planning ahead. Felt like yeah. we
1: want you to be able to participate in relaxing and not be
2: in the kitchen the whole time. Oh, good. Okay. And, um... I was going to ask, how how do the drinks compare to your mixology books so they are purposely easier?
1: I think so. We imagine this being a, a leadership in their 20s, early 30s, maybe just moving into their first apartment or mm-hmm. first
3: real house mm-hmm. and
1: you know, hanging out with friends in the summer or hanging out in a dorm and wanting to make some drinks as they flip the record. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, how often do you drink cocktails versus <laughs> wine versus beer? Do, like, do you, uh, what? Well, what's your habit?
1: My habit is two cocktails a day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you are a cocktail drinker.
1: I would say I am. Yeah. I mean, I'll have the occasional beer. And sure, a couple of days might pass without a cocktail, but that's <laughs> rare. I have always loved spirits.
2: Okay, you know, so not you're not
1: a wine drinker. Yeah. My um, parents So not a wine. I really enjoy.
2: You're not a wine drinker. Wine is fine,
1: <laughs> but the, the cocktail, you know, it represents glamour, and I love Gin.
2: Ah, okay. Okay. So your uh, your preferences with gin.
1: I think so also because I eat a lot of cheese. I love playing with cheese and cocktail pairings. It's hmm. something I've been doing for a long time, so I'm always playing.
2: Now, I don't think of cheese that um goes that well with cocktails. Like it's the cocktail is too unique almost. To be it muddled depends. with cheese. I mean, like, I love a rum drink with an aged Gouda mm. because
1: rum has the caramel notes that you'll find in an aged Gouda.
2: That is true. Or well, I love
1: simple gin drinks, especially citrus heavy gin drinks with, um, with goat cheeses and sheep's milk cheese. Mm. Mm. Okay. okay. Um, You're you can do me. with mescal and buffalo cheese. Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what life looks like around here. Diane. Oh, okay,
2: okay. Now, did you have to listen to all of each record?
1: Oh, many times. <laughs> but I they only made some of these cocktails once or twice.
2: Oh, okay, okay. But to match the mood to match the mood of the music with the mood of the drink.
1: Definitely. And you know, listening to lyrics, I discovered references to alcohol and everything you were there.
3: For oh. example,
1: ACDC's Back in Black um, is just loaded full, with references to different spirits and wine, and mm. so we teach people how to build an ACDC wet bar.
2: <laughs> you never know. Who would need that? never know. <laughs> now, did you know any of the matches ahead of time? You just had already found them or just knew in your heart of hearts?
1: There were certain cocktails like a between the sheets, which is a cocktail I love.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's
1: like Madonna, right? Mm-hmm. There's no question. Mm-hmm. Or an aviation cocktail, which is purple, seemed right for purple rain. Mm-hmm. Um there's a moonwalk cocktail. Thriller. Mm. No brainer. <laughs> so having done all this cocktail research for the last five years, there were certain cocktails that were just looking for an album.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, now um, the pictures, it's like it's really like a, a coffee table book. It's got mm-hmm. many spreads of just pictures. Did that um, change the budget? or was your you know, was your publisher into all the pictures?
1: I mean they paid for all the pictures and they paid handsomely. I think they saw this as a lifestyle book. They've printed more copies of this book than any other book we've written. (laughs) Um, uh, You know, I think they were predicting it would be successful just on the title alone.
2: Uh, Well, I put, um, or I don't know if it's there yet, but I'm putting a picture of me looking at your book on the website because it is such a delightful looking book. Thank you. Oh, I have a big question. What about pot? <laughs> <laughs> that made me cry. I don't
1: swing into pot infused cocktails, although there is a cocktail writer who does and has a whole a whole book on um, marijuana infused drinks. Um, you know, I just like that's that's another night. Cocktails <laughs> is one night, smoking up is another.
2: Okay, I mean, as it's becoming legal. Right. You know, there will be books in the future. Sure, there's much to explore. I don't mean for you to make any statements. Right. (laughs) Illegal (laughs) statements online.
1: Um, Okay, so. I'd just like to talk about illegal cheese if I'm going to talk about breaking the
2: law. Oh, yes, definitely. So um, my favorite snack in the book is punk rock tea party. Oh,
1: yeah, with Blondie. We were so excited to discover that Blondie had hosted a punk rock tea party. In London for women rockers, and <laughs> that just took us in the direction of
2: steaming
1: out parallel lines.
2: Yeah, it with, has uh, <clears throat> party. goat cheese, and lemon zest and sliced cucumber. Exactly, which pairs really nicely with uh,
1: one of the cocktails. It's it's called a French Blonde, It's oh, a gin nice. and Lillet and Saint Germain and little grapefruit.
2: And then it's got, uh, what was this? Oh, lox and cult butter and radish. Blondie was
1: my way of sneaking some cheese into this book. There's also a little <laughs> cheese recommendation for Miles Davis because, you know, you make a cocktail, put it for Miles Davis, and you want some classy snacks.
2: Mm-hmm. So, Pecorino. And the boozy chicken sandwiches. Yes, those are fun. Those are for Robert Johnson's King of Delta exactly. Blue Singers.
1: Right. Which that was, was, that's um,
2: the oldest book. That's the oldest record. Yes, it
1: is. Yes, yeah. Thanks for reminding me.
2: Yeah. 36, 37. But reprinted, or your, your version was from 61. Right. Okay. So, another tidbit. James Brown, Live at the Apollo, self-funded? Do you know that for a fact?
1: Let's see, I don't remember where we dug out that fact, but yeah, that's my memory.
2: Huh. Kind of wild. Wow. And it said, best, uh, perhaps the best live performance ever recorded on vinyl?
1: Well, you know, we've also got Johnny Cash, which is a live recording from Folsom Prison, which Ah, I would have to one of my favorite live albums. Okay. So we got some tough
2: competition. You know,
1: James Brown live. (laughs) It's pretty incredible.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It
1: definitely makes you want to
2: dance. Well, um, three of my all-time favorite records uh, were included in your book, which I have to, oh, I feel compelled have. to announce. Well, let's uh, hear it. Um, Blood on the Tracks.
1: Nice. Blue. Mm-hmm. And
2: After the Gold Rush.
1: Oh, good. Yeah. Young, yeah. Tony Mitchell.
2: Yeah. Those are, you know, I think at the heart of my history.
1: What do you remember about, you know, the time around when you listened to those albums? <laughs> were, you, were any of them your first album?
2: No, unfortunately. No, I'm older than that. Um, these were college albums, college yeah. albums for me. and they just, Did you have a lava lamp? No, I did not. I did not have a lava lamp. I did had you listening parties? Uh, well, listening parties were every night. I mean, listening yeah. with your best friend in your, you know, dorm room every day, every night.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. And a lot of Grateful Dead. You don't have any Grateful Dead. Oh, sure. No, there's no
1: Grateful Dead in Was here, there
2: any true. arguing over the Grateful Dead?
1: There really wasn't. I'm so, I'm
2: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to make an argument for the Grateful Dead.
1: Maybe you have a cocktail that you want to pick up. for the
2: good. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) Then
1: I I could re-experience it and test it
2: out. Okay, okay, I'm going to send you that. That's what I will send you (laughs) soon. Okay, well, really, your book is so delightful. I invite people to race to their bookstore and buy it. It's so fun. Uh, Make some drinks, have a listening party, spin some vinyl. They won't be sorry. Thanks, Diane. I really appreciate it. You're it's very fun talking to you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Okay, signing off, cutting the curd. Cheese. Cheese. Cheese.
1: Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter